On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, the Bears season is finally done. Time to reflect and perhaps talk a little big picture. We'll bring that all your way on episode 35 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best. Chicago Sports Conversation. I'm Joey Gelman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gelman. The man on the other side of the Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show Believe in Chicago Sports is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Well, we're here. The Bears season over. They fall to the Saints in the wild card round and the entire game was just, I don't know, a microcosm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea for it. A microcosm yeah. of every damn thing we've seen all year. And it was just frustrating because at the end of the day, if you look at the game, you know, if you were watching the beginning of the game, the Bears had a chance. And they kind of just squandered everyone they had uh, to make it a good game, at least, if not a kind of close game with the Saints, and at the end of the day, no one really expected them to win, and the Saints are the better team, but I think everything you saw yesterday is just added evidence to everything Dan and I have talked about all year, that clearly this team is just not where they need to be, and their wins came against all teams that did not make the playoffs, basically, and you're sitting here now really reeling from it and and, and realizing that you know, yeah, they made the playoffs, but the team isn't very good, and there's a lot of questions to be answered. I know it's kind of a two-fold show of breaking down the game, and also, you know, where do you go from here? What is this, what is this week going to look like for the futures of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and Mr. Trubisky? So, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But Dan, I'll I'll throw it to you on initial thoughts. You know, come out of this game. It's funny because we finally have the chance to talk big picture. Now that it's over, season's end, who go- But all I want to do is, not all I want to do, but I definitely want to discuss just this game really quick, like you said, because, and of, of course that's what we're going to do, but you're in it till almost the very end. I mean, midway through that third quarter, going into the fourth, momentum just was not on your side. So even if you look at the scoreboard and how much time was left, you were still in it, but with the way momentum was going, with the way that the Bears were just doing nothing. <laughs> you, you didn't really feel too in the game the majority of that second half. And I'm just looking over my notes here. And if, if, and if I'm correct, the math on it is 0 for 9 on third down conversions until the very last drive of the game when you finally go on ahead, go downfield, score a touchdown, some garbage points. What, what a Bears way to put up some points too, by the way. You get the garbage touchdown. And then even the first time you put points on the board, as we discussed all year, it's courtesy of a defensive turnover that then leads into a field goal. You couldn't turn it into six, but they at least turned it into three. The only two times the Bears scored in that game, right off the interception, field goal, and then the very end of the game in garbage time. And I think the biggest offensive stat, the one I just read, where until the very last drive of the game, you just couldn't do anything (laughs) on third down. You can't convert on third down. And then a lot of head scratchers. And one of the ones that was that just glared to me is, okay, what's going on here? This is done. Came in the third quarter 
when it was second down, a second and eight, I believe the situation was, and Mitch decides he's going to go throw deep to Wims. When you have Lattimore v. Wims, you know who's going to win that matchup, right? <laughs> and then the very next play on third down, you go really quickly to the check down and throw it well behind the sticks right after the Bears just went down 14-3, to and you really needed to start picking up the tempo, take a few more shots. You take the shot on second down against arguably you know, the, the, the Saints' best coverage guy, and then you throw it well, well before the sticks on third down, too quick of a check down. So those two things stick out because I think not converting on third down until the very end kind of highlights the scheme and what – Negi wasn't able to come up with. Granted, Saints had to really good defensive scheme their, themselves, good defensive team, but still, you have to be better than that <laughs> when you're when you're planning for the playoffs and you expect it a little better. Even though this is the Chicago Bears offense we're talking about, right? We still expected a little better. And then, not all on coaching staff, Mitch Trubisky as well, because no conversions until the end of the game, the last drive on third down. Not not completely on Matt Nagy, too, because as I just mentioned, the one that glares out to me <laughs> when, you know, you throw it well before the first down sticks in that situation on third and eight, right after the 14, right after the Saints go up 14 and three. Mitch Trubisky, I think, just has to be a little better than that. But I guess now I can get into big picture. Is that the last game he plays as a Chicago Bear anyways? It's funny because you want to talk about living in the moment. I was so maybe 50-50, 60-40 on Mitch coming back for something, you know, one-year, two-year deal, tryout, or, you know, un- as much as I would just hate to say this, run it all back <laughs> again next year just because of the limited amount of options there are out there. But after something like this, you flip the switch right back to, nope, blow it all up mode, blow it all up. And maybe it works out for us as Bears fans, Joey, because – it's kind of what you wanted all in the end anyways, right? Because now there's a big – you can put a lot of criticism on this game when you're looking over the stats, when you're just watching the film again. Of, this was just bad. Like it was pretty bad. The, 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 the biggest part about – like what would you say the brightest spot was? The defense, right? And even then there was some there were some bits and pieces of, Ugh, you know, when, whether it be a penalty, whether it be, you know – just a mixed mis- or whatever it is like the defense wasn't perfect but that's probably the brightest spot of the game holding the saints to 21 points and keeping you in the game for as long as they did being out so many key players as well so the defense down key players and then still keeping you in it to the very end is probably the brightest spot um even though like i said penalties and things like that there were still some bloopers along the way on their end but and you look at it, you go, wow, that was just like you said. I mean, you said it perfectly. You, you you could just shorten and summarize that all up by what you said of it just encapsulates exactly what this season was for the Bears. And now, I guess we move on. Yes. Well, we obviously do. I guess it's just now a question of which direction they want to take it. Yeah. And I think the, you know, the most frustrating thing from yesterday is that I'm not concerned with the play on the field as much as I was the preparedness and the scheme going into and adjusting in the game. Like, well, well, I guess you couldn't be because I forgot Mitch Trubisky was named the MVP. The Nick exactly. The, the, How about the, yeah, that? So he's got that over Deshaun Watson and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Just throw that out there. But like, think about it. You know, was Mitch Trubisky good yesterday? No, but he wasn't bad. Like he wasn't horrible. And so you look at it and 
And, and whatever, I mean, the, the Javon Wims drop will be in Bears playoff infamy for the next century. I mean, that was brutal. That was a bad one. And, and you look at that and you go, okay, like that was a couple of great, you know, drives there only to be doomed by that. And it's, and it seems as though the, the offensive perspective and plan kind of just evaporated with that drop. And they never really took those chances again or schemed properly to make good plays. I know that sounds like dumb and logical, but it's like, it's, it's exactly what you saw and what you just said of, okay, half the time the plays they tried to make were those ones that were all thrown before the first down markers and relying on the player to make the next move. And they weren't scheming to get better downfield. It, 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 it's, it's that secret Matt Nagy kind of taking back the reins again of, of what happened. And, and for being an offensive juggernaut team like they're supposed to be, I know they haven't been, but they're on paper supposed to be with their coach, that was one of the most conservative game plans we've seen from Matt Nagy. He almost coached scared. And and going into that first, you know, last couple of minutes of the first half, you were only down seven to three. It could have been seven to seven if Wimmins brings a touchdown. It's seven to three, you have a minute forty nine left, and you do three straight run plays because you want to keep the game close and not give the Saints another chance. Well, how about putting the game on your terms and taking advantage of almost two minutes left on the clock to to try to score or at least get a field goal to make it a one point game. And so that's just what was the most frustrating, and, and that's what, you know, concerns me. Yeah, so their player questions, of course. But I think from you know, as much as we we've touted Matt Nagy's ability as a head coach this season, the fact that that offense just got so stuck again, which brings all the questions back on how he is as a coordinator. And then you saw big and bad penalties from a defense that isn't used to making them, whether it's a Cleo Mack or Eddie Jackson being offsides. You have the Anthony Miller situation where he even said before the game, I'm not going to get baited into throwing a punch. Neggy said they weren't in practice. What does he do? Shoves him. And then he's tossed. Like he looked yeah. like he was almost cut on the sideline talking to Matt Neggy after that. And so it, it it's that undisciplined play and the, complete collapse of an identity on offense that really questions how you look at this moving forward because there were a lot of bright spots to end the year. But now we've got to take that all into perspective of it was against garbage teams and when the test was huge again against the Packers and the Saints, it all crumbled. It all crumbled. Yeah, and, and what does it all matter unless you can beat those good teams, right? Like, like what does any of it, none of it, <laughs> almost none of it really matters unless you could beat the big teams in big games. If you're going to show up like that, against the Packers like you did both times this season, one on national television, one again to end the year when you needed to, you you were in control of your own destiny, you win, you're in, you lose, you have to see what other teams do. (laughs) And then, yes, right here in the playoffs against the Saints. And, you know, I I look at this and part of what it was too is, and I'm going to sound like the biggest football genius here, right? Because you're going to you're going to convert more third downs if you're on third and short than you are third and medium, third and long, right? And a lot of times what just happened was, like you said, it was pretty conservative. There are a lot of first down runs that led to not much. <laughs> a lot of them led to not much, followed by Mitch Trubisky either throwing it away on second down or throwing an incomplete pass on second down. There's a very bad passing option or something that went awry on second, third and long. Are the Bears good on third and long? Historically for the past how many seasons, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, Jay Cutler, whoever, no. <laughs> Just historically as an offense, the past decade it seems like, 
not too good on third and long. You get yourself in a lot of third and long situations. This is what happens. And the Anthony Miller thing, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's dumb. Just, just it's just good. It's silly. Call it what you want. Say, oh, he was baited, and maybe oh, that was tic tacky by the rest. Maybe no, just it was dumb. Is what it was, and this isn't the regular season. Which even this could have been week one. It's still silly, but you're already down, Darnell Mooney. You're down to the Saints in a playoff game. You're lucky to even be there. And then that's what you do. And you go over everything beforehand in the situations, right? You talk about with the coaching staff. You you simulate some weird situations at practice, I guess, where you're not gonna, you know, retaliate. And then that like you were as prepared as you could have possibly possibly have been, supposedly, and you still go out and do something silly like that when you're down to the Saints and down receivers, uh, you know, a, a receiver already. Just absolutely silly and yeah, I don't. I guess no shocker, but disappointing that it was the same old song. I guess I don't know. It's weird. Like, if there's one thing with this Bears team this year is you don't. You never know what you are. Like, or or like as a fan watching the game, you don't know if you're okay with the outcome because you know. I think we try to put ourselves in, in this situation where, well, you know what? Even if things go terribly wrong, all right, we'll finally do what it takes to rebuild it get it right back better again even though we started this Matt Nagy experiment only three years ago um in this Mitch Trubisky season or this Mitch Trubisky experience only four years ago but apparently that might be done too um we'll, we'll see if any of them go maybe once again we bring the band back together who knows but you know if if they play a little bit of a better game the questions are probably harder to answer and I think that if they did as fans you know and as you know, the two guys doing this podcast, it probably would have been a little harder to figure out, especially in shows down the road on what they do. But they probably made it a little easier because while you backed your way into the playoffs and it was with help, you know, of of other situations in the NFL, you know, with the Cardinals, um, the game, obviously, the, the that we'll all remember in week 17. But it just just a really yeah, you get the one extra game and that's what you did with it. So and I, I think you got to look at it as such and. I don't. There's no real. There's no real way to justify, you, you know, the play. It, it's just. It was just very just. Ugh, you know, and boring. <laughs> it, it was crazy to think that because you know I, I I went over and I watched a little bit of the game again and then you know looked at some of the stats and seven to three at halftime, but then you only have four offensive drives total in the second half. Four. <laughs> like if you want to go back and just watch the Bears' offense the second half, you could probably do it in what five minutes. If if that like that's all he did, and then the Saints just went ahead, and once they finally, I think, figured out, which didn't take too long, didn't take too long, definitely uh, to start the second half, that the Bears just weren't going to do much, or they weren't like this massive threat. I think you you could tell the Saints sensed it. Obviously, the Bears fans sensed it because well, they had, had Manti Teo starting. I mean, come on, right? But like. <laughs> Even even when the Bears, it looks like it looked like they could have taken that. What was it like? It would have been like a fifty-plus yard attempt, but then they have the penalty and they can't put it. You know, then they gotta you know punt the ball away. But there were situations where like the Be- the Bears were kind of there. They were. And I weren't saying like you know, oh man, that are the Bears gonna you know come on ahead and give us this massive upset? But they were still keeping the Saints on their toes. You know what I mean? I'll I'll be you know an anti anti tails out there and whatnot on on defense for the Bears, but still. But then it, once it got to the situation where, okay, they had us on our toes a little bit, but it seems like we're definitely in control, and then Drew Brees just, he managed it. 
he made you know he he was hall of famer drew Brees out there in terms of yeah i'm aged but i know how to now keep this in our favor i'll extend drives we don't have to do anything crazy and i don't have to be patrick mahomes out there we'll extend drives we'll waste the clock when they get the ball back they won't be able to do anything wrap this puppy up saints taken into the next playoff game the bears pack their bags well you're right i mean yeah it's only 14 to 3 heading into the fourth quarter you're absolutely right yeah, I mean, and, th- and then you have the what was the last, was the last touchdown the Kamara touchdown? I I can't recall necessarily. And then we almost had the Drew Brees touchdown. That was the the turnover on downs. But I mean, yeah, they, they were like they were in it till the very end for the most part. I mean, heck, until until that final touchdown that made it twenty one to three, which you know basically put it put it out of reach there. Even though the the Bears get a garbage touchdown at the end, but I mean, think about it. Without the garbage touchdown and you know, this no, no knock on them without the interception. Say that interception doesn't happen and they punt it away to the Bears. Can the Bears have went downfield and got a field goal on their own or something? Probably not. So, I mean, you're looking at just about almost a goose egg that could have been brought up by that offense. So, once again, I think this highlights big old Bears blue or orange highlight. Matt Nagy and I saw it a lot on Twitter yesterday. This offensive guru, right? And then look what happens when we he gets he gets to have one more shot in the playoffs, you know, backs his way in, eight and eighteen, whatever. But you get your shot. What do you got now? And you know, the, this isn't the double doink now. <laughs> and you know, this is what he's happened. still playing. By the way, Mister Double Doink, he plays next week. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. But here's where we are. The the, the what what's going to happen next? I don't know. I think there's obviously a lot to unfold with the Bears. Does something happen this morning, this afternoon, here on a Monday? I, I don't know, but. I guess uh, I guess we'll wait and see. I, I don't know if it'll happen too quickly, but it's got to be some kind of change. You know, whether they whether they just blow this whole thing up or whether they bring a couple of these band members back together, I don't really know. But if if you're looking at this, you just know there needs to needs to be changed because they were flirting with the idea. At least you know fans and media members were of hey they could potentially bring all these guys back. The, you know the Pace, Nagy, Trubisky. We could bring the whole band back together. But I think after this, it seals it that. You, you definitely can't. At least one, at least one has to go if you want to take a step forward. Yeah, because, you know, Roma made a good point in the broadcast and, and was saying that, you know, it's hard to make the playoffs and Nagy's made it two years and Mitch has made it two years and who's going to be better if you get rid of one or the other. And I understand that, but there's also the reality of you're supposed to be in your championship window, not your squeak-in window, your championship window, and you're nowhere near that. And so that's where you have to take the real assessment to go, what is the next best step for this team to compete for a Super Bowl? And you've seen now in, in, in two playoff games a, a coach that's been outmatched, and out and I mean, no, they were outmanned yesterday, but, but outmatched. And it's cause for concern that now, you know, great, they made it. But the record on paper, technically... Is eight and nine, and going three and eight in your last stretch of games. That's not very pretty. So I, I think you really got to take that into consideration and 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 move and move on from some of these guys. But I don't know what they're going to do. It's like who's a better option than Trubisky right now? I don't know. Do you sign him to a one year deal? I don't think Pace should be kept. I think that's the one I'm more confident in seeing change versus Matt Nagy, but then if you keep Matt Nagy and then hire a new GM, well, that's already an awkward conversation. They've done that the, t- the past three coaches. with, with they, they said talking about yesterday. 
Dick Duran was coach of the year and led them 13-3, and they, but they fired the GM, so Angelo comes in. Well, Angelo wanted Lovey Smith, even though you had Dick Duran as coach of the year. Then that shuffled. Then you have Phil Emery come in. He wants his coach. He's got Lovey Smith in the last year of the deal. Are we going to do that again now, where you have a new GM and a coach that stays? It's, it's, it, it hasn't worked. It hasn't, so I don't know what you do. You know what you could do? You could bring in a new GM. And then, like you said, there's there's not an incredible amount of options out there at quarterback, but you at least make sure that when that next quarterback choice is made, it's somebody different than Ryan Pace. <laughs> the the last few guys he's brought in, whether it be one via the draft or you you know you go through trader free agency, none of them worked out, right? None of them. The biggest one being Mitch Trubisky. Um, so I, I think that would help you tremendously if the next guy there is you feel way more confident in picking that next quarterback whenever that big chance comes. And, you know, if, if you if you get rid of Ryan Pace and bring in somebody else, sure, you're going to bring in a quarterback. It's not going to be the next franchise guy. It's going to be some filler until maybe the following year draft or the following year free agency. Unless the Bears want to go out and sign Dak to millions and millions of dollars. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But And then if you do have a new GM, like you said, no, maybe he doesn't want Matt Nagy. Maybe he won't like him at all in terms of how he coaches and manages a football game. But then that would be even – it would be just easier then for the Bears to get rid of Nagy after next year or, heck, if it's bad enough, even in the middle of next year, if he just doesn't redeem himself. And if he were to redeem himself next year, he would have to go to great lanes to do that, I'm sure, right? Because of what we see now is just absolutely terrible. And you're right, Joey. I mean, come on. Let, let's think about this here. Sure, they made the playoffs. So if you want to add that little notch or two or three – you know who else made the playoffs this year? The Washington football team at 7-9. and nine. Below 500 team. They end their season, if you want to add it all up, at 7-10. and 10. They also made the, the playoffs this year. And I get what you're saying in terms of, yeah, the rules are the rules. And the Bears earned it, right? At 8-8, eight and eight, they earned it. Sure, say whatever you want to say. But 8-8, eight and eight, yeah, the postseason 8-9. and nine. Washington also made the playoffs this year. I don't want to hear it. It's not – if you really look at it as the achievement of what it is, not spectacular. Yeah, if you just say it to me, they made the playoffs two out of three years. Sounds somewhat impressive enough, but the way they did it, and they weren't even supposed. Well, they weren't even necessarily supposed to make the playoffs. Like you said, they're supposed to make deep playoff runs, and that's just not what you got. So you're a happy Bears fan today, right? Oh, ecstatic. I'm absolutely excited. No, I, I'm fascinated to see what they do. Like, I, I don't know what today is going to bring. I don't know what this week is going to bring. I mean, if you were a betting man, who do you think is staying? Who's going? Well, you are a betting Honest, man. So who do you think is staying going? Yeah. Hey, who knows? Let me check my phone now. Let me see if we got some odds on this thing here. I think, um, I think Ryan Pace goes. I honestly do. I, I think that a change needs to be made, and. One of those three. Those are going to be the three biggest names talked about. If you want to bring up Ted Phillips or whatever because you think he does or doesn't have any say in the football operations, even though he's not supposed to. That's supposed to be Ryan Pace, right? At least that's what Bears fans are told. All that football operation stuff is supposed to be Pace. Well, guess what? He goes then because coming up next, you're going to have to go on ahead and bring in somebody who could better manage this, put together a better team, assemble a better team, and assemble a better coaching staff. In terms of quarterback, I think Mitch is probably 50-50 now, but if he does go, you're I, I you're not unless like again, <laughs> you go on ahead and sign Dak, you know, I'm trying to think of other names who might be available, which I don't see the Bears doing. The next guy you probably bring in is just gonna be a filler until hopefully, as I'm mentioning, the new GM, which I could see happening, finds his guy a year or so later. And then I think Nagy probably stays around too for the for the same fact, unless there's a big enough name out there. And whatever GM it would be in this theoretical situation comes in, knows there's a guy out there on the market that he could get, 
then maybe you also see Negi go. But if I were to go in order of most likely, I think Ryan Pace going is probably the most likely, followed by Negi at like 55-45 at that point, 60-40, 55-45, and then Mitch is probably a coin flip because it all just depends on, on what works out, who's available. And you're not necessarily a betting man, but we can make you a betting man right now. What do you What do you say? I think I agree with you. I, I, I think Pace is the most likely to go and would be the highest priority for them to do that. I think Mitch, it's difficult because I think if you keep Nagy, if you ask him candidly, I don't think he'd want Mitch as his quarterback, but there's no really better option out there to sign unless you trade for someone. So it's kind of almost like they're now the package deal. Like, okay, if you get rid of Ryan Bass, then you have Nagy. But if he's a little more empowered now, he doesn't want that guy. So it may be more likely that Trubisky is not not back with this team. I I, I truly don't know. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see, but I, I go at the top. I think Pace is the most likely to be gone. Two out of six years in the playoffs is, is, is not good enough. As much as we have very low standards in Chicago because the team never makes it. Uh, that's just not good enough for what they promised, and so that's well, especially what name. one of those two are, right? Right, exactly. I mean, this year, correct, exactly. And then, you know, what sucks, you know, after after doing this show here, now we're 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 gonna wrap up this episode by realizing the Bears are at least one more season away from being kind of relevant again in terms of talking about a deep playoff run. Yeah, because so just take the year off and just talk about something else. Well. Probably. There we go. We'll, we'll switch up the podcast. Um, no, but I mean, think about it. If what if what we just said is true, and that's how it mostly plays out, it's not going to be... And there's we have plenty of time until next season. There's plenty of football to be played. Now, there's 17 weeks, right? But it's not going to be that great of a season next year, right? Like, your expectations are not going to be high. Right. If not less. Think about if what they did was just what I said and, and what we're thinking of, where you do have a new GM... And then obviously you're going to run it back with maybe Mitch, maybe not. But if it's not Mitch, it's not going to be somebody who's going to take you necessarily to the promised land. And then if you keep Negi around for that one year until he's maybe bad enough again to where that GM can now cut him, bring in his guy, that doesn't sound like a necessarily all too fun season no. for me. But no, you're I guess right. That's where we're at now. Like Twitter, I mean, the Twitter. <laughs> oh, I hope I'm wrong. Keep, I hope you're wrong too. But I mean, people on Twitter were saying it last night, and and today it's like. This team could get it, everyone run it back and, and be what they are, but you're a, a decent while away from a really deep playoff run that actually has championship aspirations. And that's, I think, the most depressing part about all of this, is that this window is closing with maybe another playoff run, but nothing that screams this is a Super Bowl contender. All right, well, go Bears. Hey, <laughs> we we have a we have a college football national title game to watch tonight, so that's kind of cool in terms of football. Plenty more football for us to watch in terms of the postseason. We'll see what the Bears have to live up to as this postseason goes on. And heck, Joey, the, we didn't even get to it, but we'll get to it next time. Bulls are looking pretty good. Good good fight against the Clippers again. I know we chatted a little about the Bulls last time, but there'll be plenty of good Chicago stuff to still talk about here on this podcast. And I'm sure. There's, there's going to be some moves, whether they're big or not, and whether they're the ones we want to see and, you know, the rest of the Bears Nation want to see. We'll figure it all out. But, you know, as, as time goes on with more Bears news, too, we'll we'll go on ahead and chat about that. But, all right, Joey, that's it. We did our – we uh we had a game. We had a, we had a postseason game, and and that's it. So um that that's it for the Bears. And I guess that's it here for Episode 35 until we check you all again in the middle of the week. 
that's what we have. We uh, we hope we talked uh, talked through it and um, gave you some good ear candy there and provide a little more perspective and maybe even comfort because you know if, you, if you're listening in as a Bears fan, as disappointed as we are and have been, you know this season, you know we 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 hear you and we'll we'll chat more about it and do this whole little therapy session. You know is what it's almost becoming with these Bears as they just keep missing out on the expectations for my co-host joey gelman who you can find on twitter at joey gelman uh you can find me there as well at tweet dan collins the show at believe in chicago we'll catch you next time go bears Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.